afternoon. I'm, I'm Charles Lee. And I'm Elise Kovic. And this is the Grok Science Show. Today's we'll also take a fascinating look, yes, fascinating, <laughs> at the world of dog cloning with John Wostendiak. So you want to stay tuned for all that. That's coming right up. Plus the Grokatron 5000. It's going to be right here on the Grok Science Show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. clone your dog? Well, you can for a hundred grand or so, but whether you should or not is another question. So that's actually investigated and explored in Mr. Weston Dick's first book, Dog, Inc., The Uncanny Inside Story of Cloning Man's Best Friend. So Mr. Weston Dick is a Pulitzer Prize winning investigative reporter, and he writes and produces a popular dog website, ohmydog.com. It's O-M-I-D-O-G.com. He's a 35-year veteran of many different newspapers, and he recently left the Baltimore Sun in 2008 to research and write Dog, Inc. While he officially still calls Baltimore home, Mr. Weston Dick and his shelter dog, Ace, moved out of their house and are currently on a six-month journey across America, which includes retracing the path that John Steinbeck took for his book, Travels with Charlie. Their adventures are recorded in the blog, Travels with Ace, and last time they were sighted someplace in Fargo, North Dakota. Mr. Weston Dick, thank you for joining us on the Grok Show today. Thanks for having me. But I have to I have to make one small correction, and it's not the, how you pronounce my name, because that was exactly right. I did. But it's, oh, my dog, O-H-M-I-D-O-G. Oh, boy. Okay, I was close then. I'm oh. not sure where people would end up if they just go to the O-M. Yeah, you never know these days. I want to be responsible for that. <laughs> well, our listeners, we thank you. So I am a dog person, and I'm not going to hide it during this interview. It raises a lot of interesting questions, especially for me. I rescued and adopted two pit bulls that are the loves of my life. And my dog, Peapod, she's almost 14, and I do not know how I'm going to cope when she's gone, and I don't even want to think about it. But aren't these dog and pet cloning companies just preying on my grief, essentially? There's only one of them left now. The the American one has moved on to other things, but the the Korean company is still in operation and still Mm -hmm. cloning dogs. And, of course, they don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. But lots of people do, and it is tough. I, my dog is going on seven now, and he's a big dog, so I'm not sure how many years he has. And not so about him, so I can and I could relate to, you know, the people who wanted, who thought they could bring their dogs back and wanted to give it a try no matter how much it cost. So who are some of these people who actually do go through with this process? Well, the, the book focuses on a few of them. One was a woman... Uh, named Joyce McKinney, who had a pit bull named Booger that she wanted to get cloned. Mm-hmm. And her story was pretty pretty fascinating. She was uh, living alone on a farm, and she uh, found this dog on the road, pit bull, mm-hmm. decided she better bring it home because if she took it in the shelter, pit bulls who go to shelters often don't they don't make it survive. Yeah. So she brought it home. Uh, she also had another dog named Tough Guy, who was a big a mastiff, mm-hmm. and that dog attacked her one day, and according to her, uh, Booger, though he was much smaller, saved her life and gave, you know, interrupted the attack and gave her time to, to get away, mm-hmm. and in the years that followed, sort of helped her get over the uh, the injuries that she received in that attack, so she, he sort of became, though he wasn't trained for the, for the job, sort of became her 
service dog, a sense assistance dog, therapy mm-hmm. dog, all in one. Sure. So she was very, very attached to him. She's one of them, uh, and she wasn't, unlike most of the customers, she she wasn't wealthy. Mm-hmm. In fact, didn't have enough money to pay for it for a while and had to kind of scrape it up and cut a deal and things like that, but uh, eventually got five clones of Booger, mm-hmm. even though she was only originally seeking one, but cloning is at a stage where they still have to make a lot of efforts to succeed, so a lot of it's trial and error, and so they often end up being excess clones. But what happened once they were cloned? I'm assuming that the dogs didn't have the same personality as Booger. Well, time and and she will tell that, I guess. My conversations with her after she initially met them and then went back to to pick them up have been sort of back and forth at times. She said, you know, they were exact replicas, and then later on she admitted they weren't really exact replicas. She had some doubts that they were actually clones for a while, but uh, got them tested and showed that, that they were. And I think most of these people will find out that don't already know that a dog's personality is a result of how you treat it in sure. early life. And it's it's nurturing more than its nature, I think. I agree with you. So, uh, I mean, where are the scientists, the people who are actually doing this cloning? Why aren't they saying this? Oh, well, the scientists, some of them anyway, kind of have. Before scientists succeeded in cloning a dog, when they, when they were still taking shots at it. The original research was undertaken at Texas A&M University and was financed by a wealthy billionaire. Mm -hmm. That's redundant, isn't it? Wealthy billionaire. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's emphatic. A billionaire who who, uh, is the founder of the University of Phoenix. John Sperling is his name. And he's funded lots of sort of uh, futuristic scientific research. But that was one of his projects that he he paid for. there was a dispute back then, this is like early 2000s, mm-hmm. late 1990s, between the scientists and the sort of commercial business side up, which was there even before dogs got cloned. I mean, Sperling wasn't actually him, but it, but his person who, who was sort of the front man in it all had a, a company called Genetic Savings and Clone, mm-hmm. which makes <laughs> genes of dogs for people, you know, in, in the hopes that, you know, someday they'd be able to, to clone them, and a lot of people and in cell samples, tissue samples, and, and bank them. It was commercial before it was even achieved. Mm-hmm. But the scientists at Texas A&M I mean, were all along, and, and they cloned several other species, you know, and, and they're on the road to trying to clone a dog. dog ended up being 18th species cloned. Oh, yeah? All, all, overall, not at Texas A&M. But, what's, what's the timeline clone. on cloning? I, I mean, everybody remembers Dolly, but after that. Yeah, Dolly was in the, the 96, 97. Yeah. Snuppy, which fewer people remember Snuppy, but Snuppy was the first dog clone, and, and that was 2005 mm-hmm. at Seoul National University. Okay. Snuppy, Snuppy's still around. I met him in my trip over there. Oh, yeah? He has, has a whole lot of... Uh, dog's life. He kind of spends most of his time in, in a crate in the lab. Mm-hmm. Kind of makes you wonder about, you know, why bother, but... Yeah. <laughs> but the, anyway, the, the scientists at Texas A&M were saying all along that it's, this, we're not bringing back the same dog. It's a, it's a twin or a genetic duplicate and its personality, you know, there's no guarantees on its personality. And, and so there were sort of some, some hard feelings, I think, between the scientists and the, com- and the commercial business side of it which led eventually to the splitting up of that and going their separate ways. 
I see. So uh, the marketing preceded the science that this really says more about us as humans, our desires in terms of trying to hang on to life or maintain life in a way. Oh, yeah. I think it says tons more about humans. And, and, and that was sort of my whole interest in it, more just sort of the, the human motivation the, of everyone, of the customers who wanted their dogs back, of the, the business side, and of the scientists, too, was, was sort of interest, the most interesting part of it to me. But, yeah, I think it, all good dog stories, I think, you know, are actually more about humans. <laughs> That's true. Dogs. What, what, what do you think this says about us, then, as humans and, and our relationship with pets and dogs? We're pretty needy creatures, I think. <laughs> we don't always know where the line is when, when we're overboard or not. I think that we'll do a lot of things for love, and that was sort of what interested me the most also, was that in cloning a dog, for one thing, it was, in my view, the, the closest we've gotten yet to cloning a human. I don't think there's anything emotionally closer to a human than a, than a dog. But also as close as we can get to a human and the, the whole relationship between human and dogs just in the last couple of decades even has, has intensified and dogs are, are becoming closer to humans and having human names and we're becoming more codependent, myself included, I think. Yeah, I am. I'll admit it. Our dogs. I like we my dog. our dogs. We send our dogs to daycare. It's, it's, they're getting more human. <laughs> Whereas we should probably be getting more dog. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that last part. I kind of made that up. I don't want to Maybe. sniff anyone's butt. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we're all agreed then. You know, one of the things that kept popping up in my brain when I was reading about this, like I said, there, of course, you want to keep your dog that you're in love with. You want them forever. You, you want them to outlive you so you don't have to deal with the pain of their death. But at the same time, you, you said that this procedure is like 100K. Well... My problem here is that how many shelter pets can actually be saved and be given homes for the cost that it, it takes to clone a dog that right. won't actually right. be your dog? That's a big concern of, of one of any way of the, the animal welfare concerns, precisely that, in addition to just how many dogs it takes to successfully clone a dog. How, what is that? I don't Tell me more about that. Well, they take a lot of shots at it. With, hmm. with Snuppy, it took more than 100 that they extracted eggs from with and then another 100 dogs that served as like the surrogate mothers. Mm -hmm. They implanted something like 1,100 embryos just to get the, get the one dog. So a lot of dogs are involved. They, aren't, they don't die in the process. Mm -hmm. In Korea, they're oftentimes farm dogs, dogs that are being raised for their, for their meat, which a lot of people say is why Korea managed to succeed where the U.S. scientists failed. It was just the, the access yeah. to dogs that they had and the less scrutiny from animal welfare, which is a, sort of a newer thing over there. Mm -hmm. I think one of the animal welfare groups that was opposed to it, I think it was the American Anti-Vivisection Society, mm -hmm. did a little thing on their website a couple of years ago where they kind of found, take any dog, and you can find a pretty near an exact match in a shelter mm -hmm. somewhere in terms of looks. And looks are really the only thing that, that are guaranteed in cloning a dog. Well, so you were saying before that the company, there's only one company that's doing this, and that is the Korean company? Right, RNL Bio. Yeah. Which, which worked with, was sort of hand-in-hand -hand with Seoul National University. They've sort of split a little more now, but the scientists at Seoul National University were actually cloning the dogs for the private company. Now, what about any other animals besides dogs? And I, I, I was skimming through 
one of your websites and I saw a picture of Chance and Second Chance and I remember hearing the story of Chance and Second Chance. Would you be able to share a tad sure, of that story? Sure. Yeah, it was, and this was pretty soon after the, the whole research project got underway at Texas A&M. Ralph Fisher, who was like a former school teacher at one point, a rodeo clown, and then started his own business of uh, having Texas-type animals and bring them around for photo opportunities and corporate parties, and you could sit on his tame bull and be photographed. But he had a, a, a bull named Chance that was a big Brahmin bull that was sort of outdated model. It's how they used to look a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Very saggy, but regal at the same time. Yeah. And Chance had a mole. Ralph wanted to be sure, you know, that it wasn't a sign of a symptom of some bigger problem, so he had Chance shipped to Texas A&M to have the mole removed and, and studied. Again, this was right at the time that the dog cloning effort had started, so he suggested to the scientists at A&M that since you have Chance there already, why don't you go ahead and clone him, because he's kind of, you know, unique mm-hmm. animal, and both in, in terms of his looks and, and his gentle, calm behavior, because he was like a, a pet to them. He just stayed out in the yard, and he'd brush him and pet him. He didn't come in the house, but he was otherwise pretty close to a pet. Mm-hmm. And the scientists didn't, they kind of told him no and didn't really commit to anything, but then he found out later that they had uh, actually used the mole to try and make another chance and had succeeded. So a second chance was born, <laughs> and he was convinced that it was the reincarnation of the original animal, that it wasn't just a twin, even though the scientists kept telling him, you know, it's not the same animal. It's not resurrection, it's not reincarnation, it's just reproduction. But he was sure, you know, this was going to be just as calm as the original Chance who had died. Wasn't Um, there something that they thought Second Chance was basically the reincarnation because he always slept under the same tree that Chance slept under? Yeah, slept under the same tree, and and the other key thing was he he, he ate the same way. Both of them, he says, would stick their head in the feed bucket and chew while their head was in the feed bucket. Oh, no, it's the opposite. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Most bulls, you know, do it the other way, and then either took his head out of the bucket to chew or kept his head in the bucket. I'm not sure. Gotcha. Um, but he, second chance, he was going to, you know, his plan was to rotate second chance into the sort of traveling animal show thing. Mm. People could sit on him and have their picture taken. But he found out, well, a hard three times that chance wasn't as gentle as the original. And uh, the second time, finally... Uh, after he was stitched back up, uh, decided, no, they're not the same animal. That was on the way to cloning a dog. It was the same scientists who were trying to clone the dog, and they did bull, and they did goat, and they did cat. And, and cat cloning never really caught on. I mean, when you try and figure out what the future of dog cloning is going to be, one thing you can do is look at, at what happened with cat cloning, and it was just sort of a brief little uh, spurt of activity and faded away. Maybe because cats already have nine lives. I'm there we go. They keep coming back. Yeah, it, seems, it seems like people don't have a stronger relationship to dogs than with cats. I don't know. I think, think so. You think so? Cat owners cat owners would argue that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think dogs are more like us. They're more reflections of us. And cats are more independent, whoever they damn well want to be. That's true. And it's the best day in the world every time you walk in to that dog. You know, it's right. the most exciting thing. turns his tail on you, but the dog is extremely excited to see you always. <laughs> yeah. It's the best day ever. But, okay, so scientifically, though, what happens? I, I thought that with Dolly, for instance, isn't it that there was a problem with the age of the cells? Yeah. I mean, Charles, can you expand on that? There, yeah. Basically, the, the cells were older, and that's why Dolly wasn't a newborn sheep but had the 
the cells, essentially the cellular makeup of, uh, of a older yeah. adult. It was the telomeres, and, and hopefully Charles can say what telomeres are, because I'm, I'm not... Uh, a, the the, the, the ends of that. the DNA. Yeah, I, re- I remember <laughs> that <you> much. <laughs> but is, is that really, really it? Um, the process was to take the DNA from the older cells and put them into young defining cell, but mm-hmm. you still had these older DNA, essentially. That was mm-hmm. not quite the same as young DNA, so to speak. Young, fresh, juicy yeah. G- DNA. Yeah, exactly. All right. Not freshly squeezed, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> but all sorts of sort of scientific problems. And again, the product that you get out is not the same as what people are expecting. So why the persistence and the idea for continuing to try and clone the long-lost pets? I guess the same reason it persists for uh, cloning humans, when somewhat, in, in cloning actual humans as opposed to cloning, yeah. you know, for stem cell purposes. Right, right, right. I think a lot of it is the science fiction-based notion we all have that, you know, that a clone is going to be the same thing Mm -hmm. returned. Just through the sheer seeing, hearing the fiction enough times, it kind of sinks in, even though it's fiction. (laughs) And so there is this sort of idea that a clone is going to be the same being returned, which is clearly erroneous. So I think it's that, and, and with dogs, I think it's just the strength of the emotions we have for them we're willing to sort of stretch our uh, bounds of reason. So what do you think then will be the future of, of dog cloning? Do you think it's going to peter out like other forms of cloning have? I don't think so. I have no clue, and I'm guessing, <laughs> but I think it, it will continue to be sort of a small niche market among, you know, something that the, that the very rich mm-hmm. mostly uh, will do mm-hmm. just to get, you know, even even those that don't think that they're getting the same dog back will, you know, want to get as close as I can to the, mm-hmm. the dog that passed on. And and some people, there's the one guy who's still waiting for his clones in, in California who's mentioned at the end of the book, and, and he actually believes that the souls of his two dead dogs that he's having clones made of will somehow go into the new dogs. It's a faith, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Well, how long does, uh, does this procedure take? Not very long at all. I'm, to my surprise, I actually got to watch it when I went over to Seoul, mm-hmm. and I didn't expect to even be allowed in the laboratory. And this was Dr. Huang. Dr. Huang and Dr. Lee were the two of the key scientists in cloning Snuppy, and now Dr. Lee is still at Seoul National University, and Dr. Huang got fired for false yeah. research, falsifying research in connect, connection mm-hmm. with uh, human embryos. Um, but he has his own institute now, and he's hasn't been allowed to work with human side of things, but he's still cloning dogs. And he he was cloning dogs for the U.S. company before it shut down. But I went there, even though the U.S. company told me, you know, I wasn't allowed in, and I, I called and asked if I could come visit. And not only did I get to visit, but they timed it so I could actually observe the process, which was basically just watching Dr. Huang remove the egg cells from two dogs and then watch them get nucleated and then the donor DNA put into them and then they get zapped with a specific jolt of electricity and then I saw them get go back into the surrogate mother docks and it all took maybe three hours. That's then it. Wait six, six months for the, I think it's six months for the birth. Yeah. If it which ta- may or may not happen. Yeah, exactly. Of course, worry about our um, horror stories essentially where people suddenly have these dogs that 
aren't like their dogs. And do you have any stories of these sorts of horror stories where people suddenly are stuck with these creatures that they invested a huge amount of money in and, and the sudden realization that what they did might actually not have been the wisest thing to do? It's the pet cemetery scenario. No, I think the, the, yeah. the best example was probably Chance the Bull, mm-hmm. um, where you know, a person got more than they bargained for. I think that the probably the bigger concern about you know when it goes wrong or actually never get out of the lab probably and, and there's no way of knowing you know how many mistakes don't ever get mentioned because in the U.S. it was privately funded research and in South Korea they don't there's not a whole lot of requirements in them reporting that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I mean with with Joyce McKinney the woman who got her pit bull mm-hmm. clone she's sort of went in that direction for a while and then was satisfied and then was dissatisfied. The same thing with, like, the first woman who got a, her cat clone. She was originally, initially, you know, thrilled to get it, mm-hmm. and then it developed medical problems that she wasn't happy with. Mm-hmm. That turned ugly as well. You have to wonder but, if there's but, going to be a situation of complete neglect and resentment of the creature. I don't know about that, but Joyce McKinney's five clones ended up being taken to the pound. Are you serious? Uh, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was related to the disagreement argument she was having with her roommate, whose house she stays in, uh-huh. and concerns that the house wasn't a healthy environment for, for humans, uh, that it was, uh, there was, I don't think anybody called them hoarders, but there were a lot of, you know, sort of things stacked up and things weren't real tidy and hygienic. And she was arrested, the charges were, weren't pursued, but she was arrested during this argument for using her roommate's credit card and that was later dropped, but uh, because she went to jail, all, all her dogs, her five clones and her five other dogs, were taken to the pound and like spent a day or two there before she was able to, to get them out. Wow. Yeah, I guess that qualifies as a horror story. I mean, have there been any situations that you know of where they have people have received their clone dogs and have just been more delighted than can be imagined? I mean, I can't imagine a situation where everything just worked out hunky-dory perfect. Well, just a couple of examples, because there's not all that many people that have, you know, gone public with getting their dog cloned. But James Symington, who was the another main character in the book, was a police officer in Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. had a search and rescue dog named Tracker, who he says found the last surviving victim of 9-11. The American company held a contest when it was it kicking off its dog cloning. It, it had an auction online. People could submit bids to get their dogs cloned. And in conjunction with that, they decided to have like an essay contest to award a free cloning to like the most clone-worthy dog in, in America, in the world, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so James Symington entered that and won and got, again, seeking one clone, but he got five clones of his search and rescue dog tracker. Mm-hmm. At the press conference where, where he received them, he was highly thrilled with them, and then all subsequent reports are that he's, you know, he's very pleased, and he's teaching them all how to be search and rescue dogs, and he wants to, you know, make them a team that travels around the world to, you know, disasters, and, and they're in need. The last time I spoke with him, he was, he was very pleased. He didn't pay anything, though. He that was a, a free one. The only auction bidder that I think actually has has gone public. I'm looking in my own book now. <laughs> he's the a co His father was a co-founder of NASCAR, and he's a pretty wealthy guy who lives in Florida. And he got a clone of his dog Lancelot, 
who died of nose cancer, Edgar Otto Jr., mm-hmm. his name. And he, he uh, Lancelot Jr., they seem to be happy with him. They say he was, when I talked to him, to him, he said that the dog was exhibiting, you know, some of the same behaviors that he thought were Lancelot's even. So they, they seem happy customers when last. Oh, all right. Contact. So... To change the subject to something a little bit more happy, you and Ace, the shelter dog, where are you? We're nowhere near Fargo. That was, that's a couple months old. I should probably update that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're in uh, Cave Creek, Arizona. Yeah. We've been traveling for close to seven months now. Yeah. Uh, just about 20,000 miles across the country twice. And now we're renting for another week a little uh, trailer camper in a trailer park. And then after Christmas, we're going to head back east. Gotcha. And is that it? Are you, are you done with the travels then? For a while anyway, yeah. Wow. I'm kind of tired of it. And I'm, I've am i been wondering all along how much he likes it. He mm-hmm. seems to, but I still question myself and ask him, you know, am mm-hmm. I dragging him along with me or is he having a good time and mm-hmm. all this? So I took him to an animal communicator last week. I'm not sure I believe in animal communicators, but this was his second animal communicator. He's... he's into mainly for the purposes of writing about it <laughs> and he talked to her and said you know he's he's perfectly happy traveling he sees it you know as, as his mission to go around meeting new people and uh, and yet at the same time he'll be happy when he has uh, some stability and <laughs> home and <laughs> wow i hope you get a lot of material out of that it sounds like you have anyway yeah. Well, I hope you and Ace enjoy the rest of your travels and have safe travels. I have to get my girls in the car tomorrow and take off for Detroit, so nothing... From where? How long a trip do you have? Five hours, not a big deal. Chicago to Detroit. But Uh, two pit bulls, you know, fun. Anywho, um, well, now it's the time to play our our little game, the Grokotron. And today's topic is, there are already clones, or let's clone them. So, Charles, why don't we start off and explain... What the Grokotron is. All right. So it's time to play the game. It's the Grokotron 5000. It's our supercomputer formerly known as Deep Blue. Today's topic would be called Already Clones, or were they clones to begin with? Or Let's Clone Them. Or Let's Clone Them. Either one. Yes. They are clones now? Right. Or we need to clone them? Very good. (laughs) All right. Are you you ready, John? I'm ready. All right. What's the prize again if I get them all right? My love. (laughs) Okay. It's a worthy prize. (laughs) All right. First person, John Boehner. Already cloned. <laughs> I thought something was off with the color of his skin. Yeah. 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 Would explain it, huh? Funky telomeres, man. <laughs> Funky telomeres. All right. Next up. Is LeBron James. Let's clone him. All right. I, maybe he can go back Five to Cleveland. Five of them. I have a whole team. Yeah. Cleveland might be happy. <laughs> maybe they'll like him again. Okay. Every team should have one. I mean, you know, I think that's just right. <laughs> I want my own LeBron. That would be fair, huh? Yeah. Okay, number three. I'm just going to keep using this guy. He's uh, going to be my good, Jerry Springer. He's uh, a good guy. Julian yeah. Assange. Ooh, already cloned. Just just from, from the little I've, I've seen of him on TV, his mannerisms, I have to go with already cloned. All right. Okay, the next up, my darling Oprah. Tough one. Uh... Let's clone her. I think we should clone Oprah, too. I, I think then you only have more, Oprah. more More book clubs and more books recommended, and authors could sell more books. That's a good reason. And then the audience 
Well, if we had more Oprahs, then I could have actually gone to see her. Because I've been trying to get on that show for years, but it's never happened. Okay, that's just me, though. You could have a whole Oprah opera if you had a bunch of them, you know. That's beautiful. I like that. All right, Charles, take the last okay, one. Okay, and finally, number five, it's Larry King. I was going to say something in bad taste, like, clone, <laughs> and you better hurry up, but no, I'd, I'd say let's, let's clone him. Let's clone him? Why, why, do we, why do we need to clone Larry? To bring suspenders um, back. Why do we need to clone him? Uh, just, just so you can, just so we'll always have one. <laughs> I think it's important for every family it, uh, it to have is. their own Larry King. I, it should be under every yeah. Christmas tree this season, I think, really. It's true. Larry King for every home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Westendick, thank you so much for being on our show and talking about Dog Inc. It's really a fascinating read. Very it, fascinating. Okay, I'm using Charles's favorite word, <laughs> but it, no, it's it's really a great book. It's somewhat of a scary book, but nonetheless, it's a thought provoking book and a sweet book it's a heartwarming book at times it's everything it'll make you laugh it'll make you cry i'm not kidding so again john weston dick dog inc the uncanny inside story of cloning man's best friend thank you for joining us on the grok science show today thank you guys it was fun bye-bye all right well uh, i guess i'm gonna go get cloned then all the way to korea okay well um i guess now is a as good a time as any Yes, for the uh, daily shout-outs. Woohoo! Shout-outs. Oh, yeah. Okay, a very happy um, shout-out to... Of course, Mick. <laughs> well, of course, Mick. But you know what? He deserves, like, a drum roll. We, we're in a... Wow, yes, there to Mick. Go. That's your drum roll. The Grok Show, Grok Science Show, would not be the same without you, and I am not kidding. And um, everybody else, be like Mick. <laughs> Again, I think they follow suit. Uh, postings on the website, groks.net, have increased dramatically. Tons of complaints. Yeah, well, that's good, too. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you write us, tell us what you think about the show, and let us know uh, about any show suggestions that you possibly have. Right, indeed. Post on the website, again, science at groks.net, or uh, email us at grokscience at gmail.com. All comments welcome. and uh, Some may be ignored. Yes. <laughs> if we don't like them, if you some, hurt our feelings. Right, some burned and, uh, you know, sacrificed to the radio right. gods or whatever. Uh, yeah, so in any case, um, it's a good thing. And of course, uh, we learned a lot today. Learned about cloning dogs. Uh, this has been the Grok Science Show. I've been Charles Lee. And I'm Elise. And we'll be back with more from the world of science technology. If you'd like to contact us, email us, science at groks.net. Uh, web address, www.groks.net. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Again, this Twitter thing that we don't really know. Charles is. I'm not. I, we, again, we tweet, but we don't really know what we're doing. Uh, in any case, <laughs> we're on these things. Contact us there. Again, have a great... Ditto. Ditto.